Welcome to our Clothed with the Sun daily podcast, our reading and meditation on the gospel of the day. I am James Thomas. Today is Saturday, October the 14th, 2023, and it is the 27th Saturday in Ordinary Time. It's also the Feast of St. Callistus. It's also, being a Saturday in Ordinary Time, we get to honor the Blessed Mother. Uh, getting ready to read our gospel reading, which is from the gospel, the Holy Gospel, according to St. Luke. I'm on my phone here and I'm waiting for it to load. Here we go. When Jesus was speaking, a woman from the crowd called out and said to him, Blessed is the womb that carried you and the breasts at which you nursed. He replied, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and observe it. This is a great reading. Uh, about a week or two ago, a couple weeks ago, I preached on another similar one where they said, Jesus, your mother and your brothers are outside. And he said, who are my mother? Who are my brothers? Those who, I think he says the same thing, who, those who hear the word of God and observe it, those who do God's will, etc. This one is rather saying, I mean, it's very similar. Blessed is the womb that carried you, the breast at which you nursed. Um, as I want to talk about this today, I'm thinking of plain and simple Christopher West and the theology of the body Institute. So I got to give him credit. Um, I've taken a bunch of classes in the theology of the body, most of them with Christopher West and, uh, the best class by far in that whole Institute is the one on Mary and the best session of that class which made us all ball our eyes out was this one where he talked about this reading and you know all right so we can address the obvious point of the reading which is and pope john paul talks about this in redemptorist mater 1987 that this doesn't denigrate mary by no means what it does First of all, it fulfills the prophecy of Mary earlier in Luke's gospel when she says, from this day, all generations will call me blessed. Okay, there you have it. It's already being fulfilled. But in addition to that, uh, Pope John Paul says, you know, even though Louis, St. Louis de Montfort and other great saints have talked about Mary's motherhood as being her greatest dignity, or perhaps her immaculate conception as being her greatest dignity, I, I believe St. Louis de Montfort says it's the motherhood, and then that leads to a motherhood of us, and I will talk about that a little bit today. Uh, Pope John Paul says, but based on this reading, um, Mary's greatest motherhood, and the other reading that was similar, is her discipleship. Her greatest dignity is better, is her, her discipleship is more important than her motherhood. Jesus is not saying here, oh, Mary doesn't matter. Oh, my mother's not important. Oh, the, the, the motherhood of God, uh, it doesn't matter. You know, the fact that she gave me human flesh, the fact that she, her yes, enables me to save the world. Jesus is not saying that's not important, but what he's saying is there's something that's more important and that's her discipleship. For example, as I just mentioned her, yes. Uh, what else did she say yes to? following him, being there. The fact that they said, your mother's outside. Okay. She's his disciple. She follows him. She was there at all the important points. She's there at the wedding of Cana and she initiated the first public miracle. She's there at the cross 
She's there with the early church praying to receive the Holy Spirit. She receives the Holy Spirit, which means she has a mission too, not just the apostles. Her mission might not be the same as theirs, but it's a very important mission. So Mary is there at all the crucial parts, and then she's also there in the book of Revelation. And she's appearing places. She appeared to St. James over in Spain while she was still alive, so she's bilocating. She's a holy woman. So, but the most important thing, I mean, think about it. Jesus came to die for us more than anything else. He, he came to do so many things, but his ultimate mission was to die on the cross and rise from the dead. He paid the price for our sins. He conquered sin and death. So Jesus did all these amazing things to save us and open up the gates of heaven, to take away our sins, and he endured the most horrible pain. He endured our sins and the punishment that we deserve. And so Mary, we know, was there at the foot of the cross. And I don't know if any of you out there are mothers, but are you going to just coldly watch your son be crucified and then just walk away like, oh yeah, well, all right, let's go to lunch now. Or rather, are you going to be intimately connected with his sacrifice? And we're talking about regular people when I say this. We're talking about people we've all sinned. You moms out there, you're wonderful. We love you, but you're still sinners and therefore your heart has calluses on it. You don't fully feel the pain of your children, even though you feel tons of it, I'm sure. Mary's heart, however, is perfect, and she has given birth to the perfect son, and so they have an intimacy that no one else has. No one else knows anything about. I mean, we know about it, but we we don't, you know, when they say we use 20% of our brain or whatever it is, it's the same with our hearts and our souls. Jesus and Mary are going at full speed here when it comes to the intimacy that they share versus, you know, the rest of us that are callous. We don't feel the pain of our sins. Jesus felt all that pain of, of you know, pain that we won't even feel unless we end up in hell. Maybe purgatory. Maybe we do some penance in our life. Jesus felt it all. Jesus endured it all so that we could have our sins taken away. And Mary is there in a unique way. We call it her unique cooperation in redemption. So I haven't even gotten to the good stuff yet about this reading. I'm just giving you some of the basics here. But Mary's discipleship is the most important thing. Let's get to the previous line. Blessed is the womb that carried you, the breasts at which you nursed. So Jesus doesn't tell them that they're wrong when they say that. He doesn't say, oh no, you know, like that womb isn't blessed. Those, those breasts are not blessed. He takes us to a higher place, which I've just described a more important thing. And that's where we need to follow Jesus more than ever in our discipleship. But the reality is the womb is, uh, blessed. The breasts are blessed. When Nicodemus says to Jesus, do we have to re-enter our mother's womb? You know, because Jesus says you must be born again. Jesus doesn't say no. And so in St. Louis de Montfort's writings, he says how, yes, when we, when we are baptized, there is a new birth. And 
When we, especially when we consecrate ourselves to Mary, there is a renewal of our baptism in view of Mary's motherhood. And yes, we are born again. And it's through Mary. In Revelation, when Mary is suffering to give birth, that refers to you and me. She had a virgin birth. She didn't suffer giving birth to Jesus. She suffers giving birth at the cross to the church. When Jesus is crucified, when his side is open, the blood and water flow out of the the baptism in the Eucharist. The side, just as Eve was born from the side of Adam, the church is born from the side of Christ. And Mary is the mother giving birth to us. She suffers labor pains. And that's what Revelation refers to, Mary suffering to give birth. It's clearly Mary because it says she's the mother of the Messiah. And she labors in pain to give birth. And so St. Louis de Montfort's writings are very beautiful, talking about how we need to be born again from Mary's womb. We need to nurse at Mary's breasts. We need to be formed by Mary to become other Christs. Mary is, once again, intimately connected with this whole mystery. And we know that this mystery is about us being born again and becoming Christ. We are now the members of the body of Christ, and she is the mother of the body of Christ. She is the mother of the whole Christ. And we are part of this. We are, we are members. We are, uh, you know, we are divinized, especially when we receive communion. These sacraments make us Jesus. We become Jesus, and Mary is the one giving birth to us. Mary is the one struggling and suffering. And so in Christopher West's meditations on this, he takes us further into, like, for example, our woundedness, the things that get in the way of us being born again and becoming other Christs. And one great point of the whole, all of our meditations on the theology of the body is that we're most wounded in our sexuality. We're wounded because none of our parents were perfect. And so we all have self-esteem issues to one degree or another. We all have issues of attachment and intimacy. And, you know, what does the world tell us today about our wounds? Well, because of whatever we suffered when we were younger, now a study done 20 years ago showed that 85% of men have a sex addiction, which usually manifests itself through porn and masturbation. But that was 20 years ago. Now it's even higher. It could be close to 90 now. And women, 20 years ago, it was like a 50% uh, addiction to sex and, and very often carried out in porn and masturbation. With women, a lot of times there's, I mean, and this isn't to be chauvinistic, it's just that we're different. We approach the world in different ways. So with women, there's uh, and therapists will talk about this when they do surveys and things. You know, women have a lot of... Um, maybe relationship addictions, romance addictions, things like that, that maybe men don't have with men. It's a lot more physical with women. It's more emotional, but once again, that's not to be chauvinistic. It's just based on statistics that we see that, but the wounds are sexual, meaning they have to do with sex, but they also have to do with our identity, our identity as man, our identity as woman. And now look at how we see that across the board in our society today. People don't want to deal with their pain anymore. So what happens? The men try to become women. The women try to become men. There's all kinds of sexual, I don't, you know, deviancy as the word that I was thinking of, but it's, it's, I don't mean to be mean in any way. I don't mean to be uncharitable. It's just sexual dysfunction, sexual confusion. We're all over the place. And so 
what does mom do? You know, what is one of mom's primary jobs? And this is just, I mean, Christopher said in some of his meditations things that no one would ever dare to say, which is why I love attending these classes, because then, you know, I go to say these things and people are like, oh, and they get very uncomfortable. So I'm saying it in the podcast, so I can't see your faces. But he and the thing is, when he says these things in the classes, people are weeping because they know it's true and they know how beautiful and intimate this truth is. What do moms do for their babies? They, they, however many times a day, they have to take off that diaper and they have to clean out. And he called it the pudding poop. What are they doing? This is real now. This is any, anybody, it's a mother, a lot of dads too. Dads need to take part in this more than they do. Um, cleaning the genitalia, cleaning out the, the parts of the body that are the most sacred and intimate and, and precious. And the mom gets in there and she cleans it all out and she gets rid of all those things that could lead to a bacterial infection if they're not tended to properly. And then she powders these, those areas and she puts, you know, uses the wipes, whatever, whatever she needs to do, the creams to get rid of the rashes, the diaper rash, etc. And she clothes you once again. And this is what Mary does to our sexuality. Blessed is the womb that bears us. Blessed are the breasts that nurse us. Mary cleans us out in those areas where we are the most wounded. Mary teaches us how to love and how to have a good relationship. So this is what Mary does. Now, there was a part of this meditation as well is Christopher will tell us, um, you know, once again, once again, in his meditation, he's talking about where our woundedness is. It has to do with sexuality. And what is porn? It's usually it's men. And usually this pictures of naked women and men are especially men with all kinds of dysfunction and all kinds of relationship issues. They're looking at this stuff. They become obsessed with this stuff. It's addicted and uh, addictive. I mean, and yeah, there's all kinds of connections being made there that are not healthy. And then there's this unhealthy bonding that goes on. There's soul ties. There's all kinds of garbage that happens there because of the dysfunction. And then he says, now, what, once again, what is the remedy for this? Jesus gives us a remedy for this in giving us his mother. And then there was this meditation that we had on just looking, because on the internet, you can find everything good and bad. And there's so many beautiful, beautiful images of Mary breastfeeding her son. And once again, in our wounded sexuality, we say, oh, no, I can't look at that, especially because it's Mary, you know, where she's pure and I have to be pure. We can't look at that. But then he drew us into the deeper meaning of those pictures, a deeper looking, I should say, at those pictures. And that is that that's not just Jesus being fed at Mary's breast. It's you and me. It's all of us. And that that is, in fact, the remedy to sex addiction, to all the different stuff whereby we are wounded, where we are hurting, where we're struggling and we're attached in unhealthy ways. That's our mother. And she wants to give us something beautiful and healthy and good. And that can be a tremendous remedy for us. And he challenged us. He, he, you know, we did it in the class, but then he said, when you go home, get yourself a picture like this, or, you know, do this meditation once in a while, meditate on you being the baby receiving your mother's milk. 
receiving your mother's warmth, her intimacy, her nakedness. Once again, this is hard for people, you know, with so many people with so many sexual hangups, it's hard to think of this because we, we just think of all sexuality as bad, but this is an example of where it's good. This is the gift of mom. Mom is trying to give us something that's good and beautiful and wholesome and loving, and we can be fed in such a way that it takes away. And this is, you know, when we talk about any kind of sexual deviancy, sexual sin, we're seeking the things that are good for us in ways that are bad for us. We're seeking the things that are good for us in ways that ultimately hurt us and usually the other person as well. We talk about porn. Well, who knows what kind of abuse is going on with those women or whoever that's making those videos um, and how lonely and horrible they feel and how their self-esteem just gets torn down more and more and more. But the people using porn, the people that have sex addictions, they're they're not pursuing the things that are good for them for whatever reason because of their own woundedness. And what are they pursuing? Something that just digs them deeper, deeper into the hole of addiction and dysfunction. And what does Mary give us? It's called universal motherhood. It's a gift from Jesus to his church, to each one of us individually, to lead us closer to Jesus. Do we often think to ourselves when we receive Holy Communion that we're being fed by Mary? That we're being fed at Mary's breast because we're receiving what came from her, what was nourished at her breast, what was um, came forth from her womb. That's what we receive when we receive Holy Communion. We're receiving something from Mary that is physical and, and spiritual, body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus, of Almighty God, the second person of the Trinity, who is the Son of Mary. And so Mary gives us so many beautiful things that can be the medicine, the remedy of all the pain that we have in our hearts, all the emptiness that we all feel, and that therefore, you know, what do we do in our lives? We seek it in unhealthy ways. We seek to be fed. We seek to be filled. We seek to be fixed uh, in ways that just dig us deeper into the hole of dysfunction and sin. Uh, why? Because so very often, the, due to the wounds, due to the lack of whatever we needed and we didn't get, we don't know what we're doing. We're, we're seeking out things that are just, you know, going to make us less and less healthy, less and less holy. And God is so good to us. God, everything I'm talking about here, God, the father gives us directly, you know, in our prayers to him, you know, we can go directly to God. It's very, very true. But the Lord set it up so that we rely on each other. And we have those on earth that help us. The, the, the more healthy we get, we can form healthier relationships here on earth that lead us to better and better places. But also he gives us his mother. He gives us the saints. He gives us, um, you know, the angels. He gives us his Holy Spirit. So there's all kinds of mediation going on as well. The very fact that Jesus is the mediator between the father and the human race. Well, yeah, that's the most important mediation, but Jesus then gives us the spirit. Jesus gives us his mother. And then we have all this mediation going on with the saints. So there's so much beauty here. And in heaven, we're going to experience it all. We're going to be fed directly by God, but we're also going to be in the presence of one another. And this is another point 
in the theology of the body. That's just really hard to hear, but it's our goal. We should rejoice at the goal that we've been given to strive for. And the goal is heaven where there's no lust and there's no division. There's no, we don't need boundaries in heaven because the boundaries are already set by almighty God. Our souls have been completely perfected and purified. So therefore in heaven, we don't need clothing. In heaven, there's going to be endless affection between all of us and without lust. It's hard for us to imagine because here on earth, we have so much lust. But in heaven, the lust is taken away. It's similar to the Garden of Eden, how it would have been, but so much better even. that I mean, imagine just, you know, when cats give birth or dogs give birth. I know it's a crass image because we're, we're not animals, right? But let's just use it for the moment. You know, when you see a litter of whatever puppies and they've just come out of their mother's womb and now they're rolling around on top of each other and they're feeding from the mother, but they're also all cuddled up together. Uh, they're not sitting there thinking about, Oh no, I don't have clothes on. Oh no, the one next to me is a female or a male or this or that. No, they're just, they're just at peace. They're just happy. They're just, it's natural, you know, uh, to be with mom, to be fed, to be with brothers and sisters, to enjoy one another in peace and love and joy. And that's how heaven's going to be. Just, we don't even think about it. We're just together and it's beautiful. And there's, there's no, there's no need for all the boundaries, but yes, as we're here on earth, we have lust, lust exists and lust does all kinds of damage. So it's very, very important. We protect ourselves. That's why we dress modestly. That's why we don't talk openly about, you know, things that are going to tempt us and put ourselves in these situations. But when you take things into the realm of Mary, as I just did, you know, that's an area that's safe. Mary's there for all of us as a mother. She offers us her womb, as St. Louis de Montfort talks about in his true devotion to Mary. She offers us her breasts to be fed in a way that is pure and holy and good and beautiful. And it's meant to be a remedy more and more to just give us Jesus, bring us to Jesus, make us one with Jesus. And when we are fed with the good stuff, when we are fed with the beauty and the goodness and the things that we truly need and are offered, then we are tempted less and less and less to pursue the things that are not healthy for us, not good for us, the things that are leading us more and more into sin and deeper and deeper into hell. So anyway, that's our meditation for the day, if you can handle it. <laughs> but God is so good and our faith is so beautiful. And once, once again, this is like the ultimate Christopher West meditation. Everybody in the room is bawling their eyes out when he's given this meditation because they know it's true. There was another meditation in uh, his, well, it wasn't his course. It was another course in the TOB Institute, Philosophy of JP2. Uh, just one of the sessions talked about phenomenology, what it is. Pope John Paul, all this stuff that's so good that everybody really needs to read and to study it, it starts for him with his study of philosophy and phenomenology that is about the uniqueness of each person and how each of us is so important in all the things that very often we think we're supposed to repress, like our desires. I wouldn't have been able to give that meditation and you wouldn't have been able to hear it if we weren't honest about our desires, if we weren't honest about our humanity and, uh, you know, the good, the bad, the struggles and 
you know, what it is we ultimately desire because God put those desires in our hearts and each of us being so very unique, each of us being beautiful, having beautiful souls, having beautiful bodies that God made, that God wants to redeem because yes, through sin in this world, things have become disfigured. Um, so there's so much beauty there in these, in studying these kind of things, um, that God wants us to become whole. We, we know we long for certain things based very often on our sins, but also based even on our good desires and the things that we pursue in life. And the Lord just wants to sanctify it all. He wants us to know how good we are and how good our desires are, at least when they're purified and how good our emotions are when they're purified. And the Lord wants us to pursue the good, the positive, the holy, as opposed to just avoiding sin and just, you know, our faith is not about, that's not the good news. Hey, these are the sins. And if you break these rules, you're going to hell. That's not the good news of Jesus. The good news of Jesus is I have made you good. And I call you to a fulfillment of your desires. I call you to a fulfillment of all the good things that I made in you, with you, around you. And of course, by you, because we become co-creators with him. On that note, I'm going to say goodbye and I hope everybody has a good day. God bless you. Keep each other in prayer.